0: This episode of Contracting Conversations is brought to you by BSCAI's Contractor Connections Content Hub. Browse recent articles providing insights on industry trends, profiles on influential speakers and industry leaders, tips to help your business succeed, and more. Visit bscai.org slash Contractor Connections. Welcome to Contracting Conversations, a podcast series from BSCAI. Through a series of interviews with entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives, this podcast aims to provide insights, trends, and tactics to support the growth and development of business owners serving the contract cleaning and facility maintenance industry.
1: Welcome to Contracting Conversations, the official podcast of BSCAI. I am your host, Kate Jacobson. Today on our show, I have Todd Hopkins and Eric Luke, CBSC, the BSCAI president and president elect, respectively. With their leadership, BSCAI has offered several different tools, including town halls for BSCs to use during the COVID 19 pandemic. Today, we're chatting about what some top of mind concerns they're hearing from BSCs and their advice moving forward during this turbulent time.
0: Support for Contracting Conversations comes from our premier partners, 3M, diversity and Karcher. Learn more about our partners and their category leading solutions for contractors at bscai.org partners.
1: So my first question here is for Todd. You're the BSCI president. You've been doing a lot of videos for us talking about COVID-19 and you've been on all of our town halls. What is the general feeling that you're getting from BSCs when they're thinking about how COVID-19 is impacting their business?
2: Well, I believe it's all across the board. I think, first of all, everybody is really pulling together and sharing information. So I, I think the mindset out there is that uh, we're all in it together and we all wanna get through it together and get to the other side and ultimately recover anything that's been lost and even capture growth opportunity that's gonna come because customers in the future are gonna want more cleaning. So there's, there's opportunity there, but I think no one really knows how long this, this middle time period is gonna be between the past and the future We're in the middle right now, and I think everybody's just trying to do their best to keep people together, keep their teams together. There's a lot to learn from this. A lot of people are realizing quickly who their A players are and those folks who are willing to step up and help them get through this. And so I I think the contractors in general have a remarkable attitude about this. It's pretty tough, and and it gets even tougher if you know – somebody who's become a victim of the COVID-19. And so you know there's all varying degrees of how people feel about it but it's all very serious and I think the BSCs are are doing a remarkable job right now.
1: Eric anything you want to add to that?
3: Yes I I had a phone call from a BSC
2: that I didn't know
3: about being in the association but this person has been coming to our town halls and he talked about how grateful he was that he had somebody to turn to and we discussed how in these difficult times if you have somebody to talk to that's in your association it's really been a blessing to those in the association you kind of imagine what contractors out there particularly the smaller ones that are on their own they don't have maybe friends in the industry somebody to bounce off ideas it's a very scary time for them and so those who've been Part of these town halls at least can hear what other people are going through, and it it gives them a, a second opinion that what they're doing is wrong or right. And so, uh, to be part of association is really helps people under these tough times. I'd hate to be alone out there. What I'm hearing is, you know, our contractors are grateful that we have a role to play in this pandemic. Yeah, we we are very essential. Not every account. But overall, um, it could be a lot worse. I think their greatest fear is that there's two things. One is you're moving on faith, what actions to take based upon the CARE Act plan. Will it really come through? Will it be forgiven or won't it be forgiven? And so there's tough decisions about what to spend in support of your employees. You want to support your employees but uh, these people are acting on faith and that's a a scary time, but at least they're being able to hear how other people are handling it. And one thing that the contractors really are struggling with is that our industry on one side is not highly leveraged. Um, Highly leveraged companies are really in trouble during this uh, downturn recession, possible depression, who knows what it will be. We're not in an industry that's typically highly leveraged. So we have some staying power. At the same time, 70% of our cost is, is labor. So in two, three months, a average contractor in our industry can lose all their profits, actually probably four times what they'd get in a year if they, if they take the leap of faith to pay all their employees with the hope that they don't have to pay back those loans. Literally, if we're in a 3% net operating or return on investment industry, It can be totally wiped out in two months everything else they have to do for the whole year so while we're not highly leveraged and the risk of bankruptcy among our contractors is lower than many industries um, the profits are probably gone for the year unless they're fortunate to be in a position where they're getting called out from customers to do extra services and we have a mixed bag we have some people who are are billing 80% 80% of what they normally do and others that are billing 30 or 40%. So uh, a tough time, but um, I think we'll have staying power among our, our contractors because they're not overly leveraged.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that I've been really surprised about when listening to the town halls or talking to BSCs it's kind of like half and half, like some of, some of the BSCs are like, we service healthcare clients. We, ha- we can't find enough workers. And there's other BSCs who are grappling with, okay, we clean schools or we clean office buildings, which are empty because people are all at home and it's like a tale of two BSCs. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a very interesting dichotomy and it's, it's been really interesting to see how people support one another through both problems. Um, can either of you speak to that and kind of how we've been seeing this, this, duality of problems where there's not enough business for some BSEs, where there's too much business for others?
2: Well, I think it's important to try to write your own future as much as you can. And, and when uh, customers start started suspending services, you know, the way we communicate to them, uh, was very critical uh and to try to at least stay in there to provide some sort of minimum service so that we could maintain that customer on the books and be and and be able to ramp up easier when when everybody gets back to work Uh, also a lot of the bscs are asking customers who are even completely suspended service to at least cover their overhead during their downtime uh, and have a minimum charge in their facility uh, so there's, there's a whole lot of things that are going on now, but I think we have to be proactive. We can't just let it happen to us. We, we've got to get out there and be communicating with customers, uh, working with our employees, and finding as much work as we can to keep that workforce going. Because uh, once you lose your workforce, it, it gets hard to, to bring them back. Now, I do think in the future, it's going to be a little easier than say what we would experience in the past because there's going to be so many people looking for jobs, uh, that, um, there'll be more people wanting to to fill those spots. But to the extent we can keep our already trained and trusted employees working for us, it's going Mm -hmm. to make our future easier because I, and I think it'll position us to add more, right. Mm -hmm. And then we can hire the new folks. Um, so, I, I'm seeing some people kind of take it as it hits them, but I'm seeing a lot of people being proactive and trying to write a little bit of their own script in this.
3: Yeah, the those are good comments, Todd. I We're known to be resilient, right? This is an industry yeah. that can survive fairly well in times of recession, um, in, in booming times, of course. Uh, we, we We grow like everybody else, uh, but have a hard time covering the labor. Um, I think that we, we our our owners, our executives, in the companies in our association are going to make less money this year. That's just it. Um they're personally going to make less money, and it's just something they realize they're making choices to serve their customers, keep their employees along on board. So they're ready to bounce back, as Todd has said, because it's gonna be tough to find people when we're done. And they're doing that knowing that they basically are gonna make, for many, 50 to 70%, depending on how long this lasts, of what they did the year before. And that's tough to realize. Um, And as Todd alluded to, when things bounce back, there's gonna be still some huge possible double-digit unemployment in the country uh, from people from hospitality, entertainment, um, some of those industries um, and because they're typically more leveraged and we're going to be able to hire people. So, um, you know, you got to look positively at it uh, and, and take care of the customers. So they still want to choose you as their contractor, but it's taking a leap of faith um, and people can write their own script partially, but it's gotta be tough times out there. It's scary for them. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Todd, you said something in one of the town halls that I thought was really really interesting you said when we're talking about customers a lot of what we can do now is like kind of show them our value show them the extra things that we can do show them how we're willing to go above and beyond for them and even if they decline those services like showing the customer how much we care during this time and things that we can do for them will show them that we value them and so they will come back to us you know when things get better? Why do you think it's so important to maintain that customer connection, even if they are canceling their contracts or or pausing them or, you know, declining services like that?
2: Well, if you think about the future, I, I think taking a mindset of creating value for others during this is going to be very productive and rewarding, but it's, it's hard to do because like Eric said, I mean, we've we've got to make sure that we are putting our oxygen mask on first and taking care of ourselves, right? So we've got to do that. Um, but to the extent we can create value for others, um, there will be many customers who are going to greatly appreciate that. Now, some may say, "Well, what about those customers you do that for, and they they never come back?" Well, we can't make business decisions strictly on that. We have that'd be like us saying we're we're not going to train our employees because they're going to quit anyway. I mean, we, we train them all like they're going to be the best employees we ever had, and then some rise to the top and they help us get where we want to go. And same way with the customers right now, I believe we've got to treat these customers like they're our, each of them are our most important customer and create value for them in the best way we possibly can. And then they're going to see that we're in it with them. So just uh, we're all in this together. I'm seeing relationships with customers developing stronger than they ever have right now, and a lot of teamwork between the VSCs and the customers, not just in cleaning, but in uh, trying to capture things that are needed through the supply chain. I'm seeing VSCs and medical customers working together to purchase PPE. Uh, yeah. It's 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 an amazing thing. I've I've seen commercial cleaning companies get masks for medical clinics. Uh, I mean, for the medical clinics to reach out to the BSCs to say, can you help us get the mask and the gloves we need and vice versa. So there's a lot of teamwork going, a lot of relationship building. Uh, Now's the time to to really be full speed ahead, creating value for, for all of our customers.
3: Yeah. I love the comment you made, Todd, about the an- analogy with what if you train the employees and they quit, or what if you don't train them? Same thing with the relationships. What if we go through this extra effort? As a company, we're probably going to lose money and significant money in the second quarter, hopefully not the third quarter. And What if you don't make those extra investments and efforts with those customers? What if you do, and then they leave you anyway? But the worst question is, what if you don't do that, you will lose those customers. So you yeah. got to take this and, and, and do the training and support these people. And hopefully the loss this quarter is not so severe that the whole year is a loss. But uh, it's going to be a tough time. But there are opportunities for those who are the most devoted to their employees and their customers. And I just hope they're doing it wisely. I hate to see him, you know, totally lose, uh, not make any money this year. But we have a lot of executives in our industry that are, are almost take dropping their salaries by 80% um, in order to make that sacrifice because cash flow is going to be an issue in our industry. What we don't know what's happening yet is how contractors will be paid. Yeah. Most many customers have stretched people out to 60 days, some some accounts, and some are worse than that. And people are already wondering: will they get their check on that? typical 45th day or that typical 60th day if they do not there will be a real um, trial in the next 30 days for companies in our industry to survive and uh, that is a bit of an unknown is how many of those customers will make their payments on time and again if if they don't well then this is going to be a, a, a just a, a devastation to a lot of companies so fingers crossed well, yeah.
2: You know, there's strategies, and, and and Kate, we were talking, I think, on the town hall just about the uh, the PPP, the SBA loan, and mm-hmm. and folks were talking about. You know, it's only forgivable if you're using that to meet payroll, and then part of it even for maybe uh, lease and things like that. <clears throat> but to my understanding, unless things have totally changed again, the clock on the eight weeks starts the day your loan gets approved. So. To, to go out and, and just pay people to not work or you know it's going to be risky. I mean so like in anticipation of getting the SBA loan. So really that decision could be made once approved, then if I don't have enough work for these people to do that I'm now going to get to pay and be uh, and, and potentially have all that forgiven, are there extra things we can do in the customers we have just to help, you know, really polish them up, do the extra services. But I, think, you know, now's the time to just try to communicate and ask the customer, um, for opportunity to provide those extra services, even at extra cost. Um, and we we've just got to do every little variable we can to help make sure that our own company is sustainable. And we're positioning ourselves for the other side of this, um, and and I've always felt, you know, the best way to do that is take care of employees and take care of customers.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's a real uh, truthfulness to the power of optimism, and it's easy to talk. It's difficult to do in these times of trials if a person looks back at their toughest times in their company or in their lives, often, if they take that leap of faith, they they look back at it afterwards and realize it was one of their best opportunities. Um, it it doesn't mean you'll make more money from the best opportunity, but it means you become a stronger company and hopefully have developed developed a better relationships with many of your customers and your employees. And so, um, we have a resilient industry, uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy and that there won't be uh, losses, but they can survive and become better companies. And and, and we're trying to help them do that by sharing among our associate and our peers, you know, what, what's working for us. And that's what I love about the Building service contract association is that it, it helps each other survive and compete. And, um, I'm hoping that the town halls and the different things that the association is doing is giving uh, those contractors to participate a little bit of a leg up. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, one thing that came out on that last town hall that helps with cash flow is a lot of the BSCs are getting calls now wanting extra service and even from non customers. In other words, so these right. are like potential new customers now that are, that are, essential or they're needing these extra disinfecting or maybe a post-COVID-19 exposure cleanup. And these contractors are requesting payment, uh, immediate payment, or even half before they start and the remainder after the job is complete. So in a situation where it's a non-existing customer relationship, it's pretty normal to to get paid uh, uh, upfront or upon completion of the job and not to extend terms. So. You know, we do that with all kinds of contractors in other industries all the time. I mean, if, you know, I had a plumber come out to the house the other day and I paid him when he was done. I expected to pay. I didn't expect him to send me an invoice because I didn't really have a relationship with that plumbing company. And so I think we're going to see a little bit of that in the industry. And I want to encourage everybody listening to this to not be afraid to do that. You know, you've got a valuable service and the, the these folks need your service. and it's going to be important that that you are able to offer and get paid so that you could turn around and invest those funds and providing more services to more customers. So to the extent, like Eric says, if, if we get stretched out 30, 60, 90 days on these things, it begins now to handicap our ability to do the very thing that's needed out there right now. And that's to disinfect against this virus. So, um, I, we've got a big role to play. But like Eric said, there's a lot of smart people in this industry and they're figuring it out. And yeah. I'm just um, I've got my student hat on and I'm learning and listening and and, and, and we all got to just do the best job we can.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, you like you said, it's the, this is the time to kind of. Experiment with what we can do and where we're going to go forward, and really kind of take a 360 view and say, what did we learn from these situations, and what can we implement going forward? Um, in your perspectives, what do you think are going to be some of the big things coming out of this that we're going to be talking about in a year, in five years? Um, is it going to be like how we're adapting our cleaning schedules? Is it, you know, are we should we re- should we rethink our contracts and how we are paid? What are, what are some of the big things that we're going to be talking about after this is all over
3: i'll go first with that it's going to be somewhat similar to what people in general in other businesses are going to be doing number one is i don't know what the future of the world is but as population grows and and be, the world shrinks because we're living closer and closer together i think one thing that's going to change is that it's going to force us to uh, have more things on supply right um for certainly, the yeah. PPEs, it's <laughs> gonna, we're, we took it for granted that we could get those things easily. Contractors yeah. are going to have to have some reserve uh, for the disinfectants, the the wipes, the the maybe maybe even the N95 masks. Will you'll want to keep some of those on? So that's certainly going to be a change. Um, I do fear that there are short memories and our customers at some point, maybe forget, we'll forget the value that we give. Um, um, But uh, the one thing that might change is maybe customers won't forget and they'll place a higher value on what they ask us to do from a specification, a cleaning quality, um, actual testing of services versus just visual. I think those are some things that may change the way we maybe pitch our services is that a, a proof of some sort of that things are really clean and sanitized um, that many customers really didn't care about. Um, hopefully that will change.
2: Yeah, I and just to look at it from a the other side, from an ownership and management standpoint, I I believe the level of communication that's happening right now virtually is surpassing the level of communication that was happening before when we had our kind of our old way of doing things with uh, offices and, and so forth. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking things that sometimes we used to talk about doing in a quarter. We're now getting it done in three to seven days because there, there's no time to wait. And decision making has sped up. Uh, so, from a, so we've got this whole dynamic of the front line cleaning activity that happens every single day out there. And is there a way to, to somehow think through that, the way we do that and the, the level of productivity? But definitely the back office, the corporate headquarters, the management teams, the daily huddles that are taking place. I'm seeing a level of productivity with our within our own uh, uh, company and our own franchise system that's bigger than we've really ever had before. So... I think a lot of businesses are figuring that out, not just in the commercial cleaning industry, but a lot of industries. And I think there's going to be some changes, even as some of our customers, uh, this is going to be interesting. Some of our customers figure out that working remotely has gone well for them. And will they renew that same size office space in the future? And I think it's going to change some dynamics. I mean, um, We've got a really nice corporate office space, but right now everybody's working uh, remotely, except for two people, you know, who are in the office who can take deliveries and different things, um, and it's it's working out real well. Now we miss having everybody together, but but that's our culture. But I think there's going to be some some businesses in the the future that's going to change the way they do business, and then how do we respond to that?
1: Yeah.
3: While you were speaking about that, Todd, I was that was in the back of my mind. And I think that that is a possible risk to our industry overall, nationally, mm-hmm. worldwide, is this will teach some of our customers that they can function effectively without everybody in their office. And of course, that was already the trend in the world to, to work at home. And so there's a kind of a negative thought in the back of my mind and a worry that I'm going to have to adjust um, what the market's going to be like and what our opportunities are because people may decide to not renew a lease uh, for their office someplace or downsize, and so it, it could have some interesting challenges to the commercial real estate uh, business, which will affect eventually affect us. So, not to be negative yeah. about it, but it's 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 a reality that might be out there. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: It's an interesting challenge. And it's like, I've talked to um, a lot of different BCS, and they kind of have this, they have a similar outlook that there's going to be positive changes. Like we're going to be really much more focused on training, on like you said, making sure we have PPE, making sure we have the disinfectants that we need. And there might be negative implications as well. But I know that I personally have been really inspired by all of your guys' spirits you've been, Every town hall I've been to, everyone's been so positive and helpful and friendly. And um, you know, I know that B S C I is made of competitors, but um, you know, you guys—I've been. Everyone's just been so supportive and friendly. And I, you know, it's it's a it's good to see that in in such dire times.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I just want to make sure uh, on a positive note. I mean, strategically, when Eric and I start talking, it, it's our responsibility to play the take forward and to think about all the, the good things that are out there and all the things that can go wrong. I mean, we, we have that responsibility, right, to our company and even to the industry. Um, and so I know we've talked about some of the things we've, we've got to be on the lookout for. But overall, I, I feel like um, our industry has the opportunity to explode, to be more appreciated than ever before. On the other side of this, I think people are going to value cleaning. So even if say some customers uh, ultimately end up being more remote and some less office space out there, um, there's still growth that's happening uh, that's going to fill those gaps. And there's there's always going to be, I, I believe, an increased need for uh, the disinfecting service and the upsells and upgrading of services and all these extra things that now can be offered and provided. And so we're, we're approaching this to, hey, let's get through this, this season that we're in now. And then on the other side, uh, let's be there when our customers need us and, you know, look to grow the business. So I'm, I'm actually optimistic. I, right now I'm praying for a cure for our country for this disease. I mean, the issue is the, the disease and uh, for our healthcare to get in front of it. Um, and I think the uh, BSCs are gonna be here to do our part uh, during this pandemic and then when we get on the other side.
3: Well said. Well said, Todd.
1: Well, great. Thank you both so much for chatting with me. We really appreciate all the work that you do for BSCAI and all the work that you've been doing on behalf of our members. And so, yeah, hope you guys have a great rest of your day.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Contracting Conversations from BSCAI. If you liked what you heard and you want to find out more or to listen to previous episodes, head over to bscai.org slash podcast. There you can also subscribe to our newsletter so you never miss industry news, updates, and great tips. Subscribe to Contracting Conversations on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about our community on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube.